0: All right. So, um, yeah. (laughs) How you been?
1: I'm good. Yeah. I'm, um, can't complain. I mean, I'm in New York right now and I'm sort of getting the hang of being back here. I I was gone for about seven months. I went home. I'm from California originally. So, um, I mean, there's not really much that can be done right now because of, of COVID. So I'm mostly just staying in my room and I, I apply for, I'm, I'm applying for agencies right now. I'm trying to get an agent. And I play a lot of Animal Crossing and I watch a lot of um, anime and I work out. I, I'm a personal trainer as well. So I'm certified to, to train. So I do that.
0: Oh, that's-
1: So that's what um, I was doing this morning before, before it's called one of my clients had to switch their appointment from um, morning to sort of just afternoon
0: oh so you're very ad hoc in in this sort of situations yeah
1: yeah, i'm pretty flexible i mean there's you know there's not a lot going on right now
0: (laughs) sure i mean when we were talking today like earlier before we Mm -hmm. where we actually met up what i was saying is like this isn't like there isn't an issue with you know switching schedules right now or stuff like that because nobody has got stuff going on you know compared Mm -hmm. to what it was before Mm -hmm. covid but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird world we're living in right now. I just can't even, it's been half a year, a little over half a year where we're, you know, living alongside the virus and stuff. I just can't get used to it. It's not natural at all.
1: You know, uh, COVID's birthday just happened. It's oh. it happened over a year ago.
0: Really? Yeah. Damn. So how, how long did it take for, for people to realize this is, you know, this is something. Well,
1: a... The U.S. shut down in March.
0: Yeah, I mean, we did too. But apparently, you know, if the virus is a year old, it was. Yeah, you know.
1: it was. I mean, it was in it was in China for a while first, and then.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, but but I, I was just wondering. I mean, I, I was just you know thinking aloud, not actually asking you when. You
1: oh
0: know, sure, we, sure. We, it was just. But, you know, because it's because it's like, you know. It had to have been a situation where, you know, p- people started randomly just getting like weird respiratory disease symptoms at some point. And then it just sort of multiplied. I mean, it's just a wild guess, but, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, and, and at some point somebody had to say like, oh, th- this is something different. Like we haven't actually been, you know, th- this isn't the flu. This is like something we, we've never come in contact with before but it, yeah I mean it's just not damn you're old I know it's kind of, this kind of bummed me out uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> I'm usually happy when people things whatever you, you know have birthdays but
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it's, it's yeah it is a <laughs> but yeah I mean I, I saw you I saw you. Um, I, I mean, I, I've seen your, I've seen your movie, the the last Christmas yeah, yeah. party, and you were awesome in that. Like you,
1: thank you very just much. Shocked
0: it out of the park, like a not Thank you. It was this
1: a is... lot of fun. I mean, it was it was such a good project to work on, and I feel really, um, I feel very fortunate that I that I got to meet the people I did meet, and I got to to be be on the project. It was super fun.
0: But and... you just sort of looked like you were having fun all of you. I just felt
1: everyone is, everyone just got along really well. Like I, I really have to hand it to the people that cast, cast the film. So Julian, the director and Ben, um, our, um, assistant director, they, I mean, they cast the whole thing with, uh, Kevin, who was a co-writer and Max, who was the director of photography. Um, and just, they really were good about picking people that were gonna work well together. Like we did a ton of chemistry tests with um, like our, our sort of counterpart. So like for me, it was um, Martin and a, a few other people that were on on the docket for the role of Ed. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, it really worked out. Like I'm, I'm very good friends with everyone that's on that, that was on the set and, and in the cast. Like I still talk to, um, Gabe, who played Steven very regularly, the guy that was in charge of sound, um, Zach. I talk to him almost every day. He's like one of my very best friends. And I mean, we we all met on the set. So it just, it worked out really well.
0: I mean, having been on a few film sets in, in, my, in my very, very short um, time span on this planet, um, I, I sort of realized that there isn't, I mean, surely enough, when a movie actually takes off like yours did and it got like first spot on prime video in terms of christmas oh, yeah. films yeah it was right, it yeah. was the number one christmas film the week it, it premiered yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, it was actually exciting yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it did just because when i got into it like i i remember michael actually michael pomeroy said to me once he was like you got to check out because we were talking about doing something sometime when this, you know, when when COVID ceases to, yeah. to 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 present a threat to us, um, we were talking about how it would be good to you know turn this idea I had into into a into a legit movie, and he and he told me you, you gotta check out the guys at Four by Three, they're they're awesome, and you gotta check out their roast, the roster, you gotta you know yeah. just take a look at it, and what came first for me was like. Oh, it's a Christmas movie. How how cool! Like because you know Christmas is just approaching, and I it was just sort of yeah. in the in the mood and in the headspace. Yeah. And I got and I got into watching, and I was like, because I usually don't like I, I actually enjoy indies, and mm. I, I I really sort of I'm I'm I I'm not sure if I'm fair on indie movies because it's very kind of like I I treat them as. Movies. I don't take like production value and sure right into account. And at least I, I don't know how this situation is like in the U.S., but here, when people are doing indie movies, it's just sort of like people that aren't really—they have no formal actor training or mm-hmm. any sort of training in acting. So I just sort of went into it like, all right, this looks looks really neat and it looks re- really live and you know it, it looks lively, and then halfway through the film i just got it like oh this is this is actually a really good movie like thank you it was it was a it was a profound experience to say the least like i I haven't seen a christmas movie since i don't know home alone that was this good
1: yeah
0: this is like i
1: mean yeah it's so funny to me like calling it a christmas movie because like i know it's set it's set at Christmas. It's a Christmas party, but like, I feel like, you know, the idea of Christmas is, is so, it's such a side plot, you know, it's like, so not important to like what's actually happening. It's funny. Like when you read the reviews, like all of our, most of the reviews are, are, you know, very complimentary about like, the the story and like the, the feeling of of being in college and like and being confused about you know what you want out of relationships and and just how how you know people make mistakes and 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 you know you sort of have to college is just really a time for like figuring that out and like doing your best and and but then all the reviews that are negative are like this isn't a Christmas movie <laughs> there's barely people any Christmas. <laughs> yeah because
0: people were expecting a Christmas movie yeah I mean
1: about it is it it originally wasn't called the Last Christmas Party. We were for a long time we were trying to figure out a name for it, and so on set we had just been calling it Last Party. Um, and and when we finally finished it, um, the I think there is already a movie called Last Party or something. There was it was there was just some complication we couldn't just call it that, so uh, they they just added the word Christmas in there <laughs> and made it work. <laughs>
0: How does that work, actually, you know, with naming movies?
1: Ooh, I really don't know. naming
0: books and naming creative yeah, i mean,
1: I, I don't know the answer to that. I would imagine it's similar to like um so you know how if you're joining the union uh you you can't have the same name as someone else really yeah so if, so that- if I wanted to join um the Screen Actors Guild sag, I would have to have a stage name that's different than what my. Than, than everyone else's. So if there was already a Laney Wu registered to um, Screen Actors Guild, I would have to add. I would have to change it. That's why, for example, um, Emma Stone, uh, mm-hmm. very famously, her name is Emily, and she prefers the name Emily because that's obviously the name she was born with. But there was already an Emily Stone in the Screen Actors Guild, so she uh, changed her name to Emma Stone.
0: Jesus, so Emma Stone that's is a Stone. stage name. I, I had I Emma had Stone no. Yeah. Wow. I'm learning a lot of stuff today. Thanks. I mean, this is but wow. my
1: little fun fact for the day.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, but uh, it, it just sort of, I don't know, it feels kind of weird because if you, for instance, I, I was, I was reading this book a while back. It was, it's called, i never actually got through the whole book, but besides the point, um, it's called Black Spring by, Hen- by Henry Miller was a mm. really an awesome writer, but you know, whatever, um, I, i'd imagine there are quite a few books just with the name you know bearing the name black spring and when you just sort of you know trying to paint that into uh, the the whole you know movie slash tv tv show situation it just sort of feels like i don't know unnecessary yeah. i guess it's just not...
1: I yeah i don't know how it works i i must i would have an assumption that like it has to do with like publishing you know like if it's mm-hmm. been if like published or something if it's if it's copywritten obviously so I don't I don't have an, a real answer for you yeah I guess it's, it's, it's copyright
0: but was the movie you know from the get-go supposed to have this um Christmassy kind of feel to it or did it just yeah, adopt- so it
1: was it was always supposed to be set at Christmas so the whole um like Manny dressed up as Santa Claus and the setting of the Christmas decorations that was I mean that's in the script but it was, and I think really, the reason that's in the script is because it's supposed to be between semesters. So it's between um, the final semester of most of them. So um, uh, Charlie and Stephen, Anna, not that's not her character. Caroline, that's the character's name. Mm-hmm. June and Ed, it's their final. It's their final senior year, right? So they're all about to graduate. So it's the semester between. It's the break between the first and second semester at school. I keep dropping my hair <laughs> 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 okay. Anyway, so it's the break between those two semesters. And, and you know, if you're having a party before everyone leaves, at that point in time, it's most likely a Christmas party. So I think really it has to do with that more than anything else. It, I think the, the important thing is they're all about to graduate. So at, they're at this point in life where like a lot of things are changing. They're about to go off and, you know, start working in the, in the real world and it, it changes the way you feel about like the relationships you're having, right? So, you know, June and Ed, which obviously I know the most about because that's the, the, the pairing I was in, they had been together for, you know, two and a half years and they were expecting to stay together. Like, I think there's, there's this expectation, especially from their friends, it's even in the get married, you know, that they're they've been together and they're gonna stay together. They're a little bit like, do you ever watch like How I Met Your Mother?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge nut when it comes to yeah, How I Met Your Mother. they're
1: like mom. Marshall and Lily, right? So they're, yep. I mean, they started dating in college and they're just like, they're meant to be, they're going to be together. And so, you know, having this huge wrench thrown into that plan that, you know, he's going to be moving to a different country, it, it it makes, I feel like it makes everyone feel a little bit unsteady, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Certainly. I mean, what you did well in, in the movie, in my opinion, is just sort of embodying this, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, the, 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 the feeling of kind of grief, but mm. in, in terms of like it, you at some point start getting angry and you when, you, when you, you know, when your loved ones drop this on you, yeah. willingly or non-willingly, you just sort of find out. Um, you don't know how to react so there's a there's this kind of like a you know mixture of grief and anger and sadness and all that and I think that you sort of embodied it perfectly in, in, a, in a sense that it, it just sort of felt kind of you could differentiate w- what portion of, of the of the situation and what portion of the emotion is anger and you know what sadness and what's that so, so it just felt sort of grounded I guess that's what I'm
1: you yeah Yeah, I mean it was it was hard in the sense that like no one likes being broken up with you know obviously (laughs) and that sucks like breakups they suck Uh, especially when it's you know someone you've been with for a long time and you you're sort of committed to that person and just having your whole world change like for me the hardest part about breaking up is not like that my life is going to be so different now, but sort of the life I had imagined with the person is no longer going to happen. I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very much a person that thinks about the future and and like how that's going to work. Like I, I am a strong believer in, you sort of just choose the person and uh, make it work with that person you know you know no one's perfect and everyone's gonna everyone's gonna have something that you know is gonna annoy you like everyone's gonna there is no person on this planet that you're gonna like fall in love with and will never annoy you in your entire life like at some point they're gonna do something right and I just think what's important is choosing to love that person you know every day and even when they do stuff that's bothersome or whatever as long as it's as long as it's not like a complete deal breaker like I don't know murder I guess (laughs) right like
0: wow I mean your your fucking line is out of the out of the you know the the general line that people draw I mean this is
1: oh yeah murder murder. although you know some people are like really ride or die right like (laughs) like, (laughs) there are some people out there where like their spouses murder someone and they like cover it up which i don't i don't know if i can handle
0: <laughs> I, I just feel like if you you know start dating a murderer you're gonna feel it at some point you, you, right? you just don't like it, i i, I d- don't think anyone stays the same after they you know did something yeah. horrible like that i, I mean it, it's besides the point but like um yeah what you said before the, the fact that you, you know it, it, it's sort of if you feel that sort of kind of energy that makes you want to actually and you know be 100% willing to work through the cracks I guess yeah it's just sort of the the most kind of calming feeling in the world no matter how chaotic the situation might be
1: you know yeah yeah Yeah, the um that breakup was pretty funny though I mean not funny I mean it's sad but like (laughs) the funny thing about it is that the, the scene where you know june lets gets ed out of the house and closes the door and starts crying is is something that i did in real life when i was 17 and my first boyfriend and i broke up we uh i was moving i was moving away and we decided not to do long distance and like he's actually one of my very best friends to this day like i absolutely love this kid but um I was so dramatic and just like I remember the breakup happened and I was like weeping and I like went inside my house and I closed the door and I just like I just like laid on the door and cried there for like half an hour it was very it was I'm it was such a drama queen but it, it feels
0: very you gotta go through it I mean yeah it, it was
1: it was very cathartic I must say do especially doing the scene with with in last party you know I just reliving that sort of 17 year old moment was very like oh if i have wow. not changed as much as i thought i had
0: <laughs> did you find yourself um actually crying like like just basically continuing to you know feel these emotions after the take was over
1: oh i mean sure i i it's sad you know it's it, when you're when uh, it, it's. It, I was. I was genuinely sad that day. You know, I was mm-hmm. sad, and it felt like something was ending, and it was. It was hard, and and I remember feeling sad in that way. I was. I was dating someone at the time. You know, and we had been doing long distance for for a while. Went by the time we had started filming, and the sort of the idea of losing him mm-hmm. was. You know, awful it was awful and and thinking about that and and sort of putting myself in that situation where you know this person that I really was going to spend the rest of my life with is not going to spend the rest of his life with me anymore it's it's makes you sad
0: mm, yeah I mean anyone that's not a brick or a wall feels these things yeah. and it was
1: also like really kind of sad in general that week uh we did we did the fight scene and the the like full breakup scene and the makeup scene all in like a week the same week because we were you know, obviously mm-hmm. filming in one apartment for that and um i had not been i take antidepressants so i had not been on my medication for kind of a while um because of a, a mix up with my doctor sending if they sent my prescription to the wrong pharmacy and so just like i i just hadn't had any medication and so i was already feeling like super bonkers (laughs) like i was already just kind of not in a great headspace. and then we were doing like this huge fight scene that i kept like i kept messing up on and it was like really frustrating and then we did this breakup scene and i was like devastated i mean it was a fun week (laughs) it was was hard it was hard but like you know looking back, like I enjoyed it. Like I, I don't, I do not condone skipping medication for like the craft or whatever. I just don't think that's realistic. I think it's, I think if you're taking medication, you obviously should consult your doctor if you're ever going to stop taking medication. Um, if it hadn't been like an accident, like I wouldn't, I would never have depressants, but I guess it did work out, you know, it,
0: i'm still here so no yeah sure i mean that's what's important in the end Um, but but speaking you know as as a genuine kind of actor person how do you differentiate that's what i've been you know dying to ask you since you said that you started you know you even continued feeling these emotions after you know after filming and. oh like how Uh, do you separate no how do you how do you how do you um Differentiate yourself from the character in that. How do you um, keep yourself? Th- do you keep yourself from being sad, or you, you know, consciously don't fight it, and just sort of draw from it?
1: So there's there's sort of two two things I have to say about this. Um, as in, at least where I went to school, we learned, and this is actually very common. This is very common, like actor training thing it's called the magic if so you say what would I do if I was in this situation right so I say if I was dating someone from South Africa and we had been dating for two and a half years and they told me they didn't get their visa and they told me they were they got their visa and it was going to be fine and then I found out from someone else that they didn't get their visa and my partner had been lying to me about it how like what would I do I you know, like how would I feel and how would I react to that? And you sort of, I don't know, superimpose that into like what the character is doing and feeling and saying, right? So I'm, I'm very lucky in that June and I are very similar. You know, the things that, that she, the way she reacts to the situation is, is pretty much what I would have done anyway. <laughs> I, I probably would have... Um, I probably wouldn't have yelled as much. I'm not really yelly. I'm I'm not super confrontational, to be honest. <laughs> but I, I definitely would have called, you know, my partner out if that was something that he had done. You know, I would have, I would have been upset, right? And so it's hard to say, like, it's hard to say that I really was differentiating myself from the character because I, I wasn't, you know, I was actually, it's much more important for me to, to not differentiate myself from the character, to really, like, make myself as much part of the character as possible because that it makes it feel a bit closer to home as far as like the crying goes like do I do I like just let let that happen um the answer is is sort of yes and no Uh, people people don't really like crying you know most of the time when you're crying you your body naturally tries to stop itself from crying you know because it's sucks (laughs) it like doesn't feel good and and it's wet and you can't breathe as well and so your body doesn't want to cry especially when there's like other people around Mm -hmm. and so there's there's sort of this idea that actors should be trying to to cry you know or actors that can cry on command or whatever can just like sit there and cry and cry and cry it's like such a skill but like really if you saw someone just like sitting there and crying and like letting themself cry, you'd think that was bizarre. Like you wouldn't, the people don't do that. If you see someone crying, most of the time they're trying to stop themselves from crying. So really like there's, there's a balance there. Like, yeah, there, the, the crying wasn't written into the scene. You know, it. Mm-hmm. June is supposed to get Ed out of the house. And as soon as the door closed, it was supposed to cut. Um, and I was just sad you know, so I cried and it it wasn't like, I wasn't trying to cry. I didn't think like, oh, this is a moment that I should be crying at. I just, I did. And, and you know, the, the point is, is not to let it happen. It just sort of, it's, it just sort of was overwhelming and it did.
0: Yeah. But on a, on a day, on a day when you're feeling kind of down in the dumps and you're supposed to embody this emotion I mean it, it, it just sort of I mean sure it, it helps out in a sense that you're you know it's easier to draw from personal experience and what you're going through at the moment of filming but isn't it I mean it just feels kind of to me at least it feels kind of scary in a sense that you are going to you know you're willingly immersing yourself in continuously feeling these emotions you know yeah
1: it is scary I mean there is something scary about it and I think that's why not everyone likes acting you know not everyone likes to act and it's because you have to be you have to be very vulnerable and people don't like being vulnerable and and it's that can be very scary it it's nice to be in a situation where you really trust the people around you you know I'm was like I said very lucky that I really just loved everyone on that set and I felt very safe and I didn't feel like anyone was going to judge me or you know make me feel less for for crying or or whatever um but it is it is hard it's and it is scary and (laughs) and it's it's funny that you know a lot of people say that artists must be, you know, masochists, especially, you know, Mm -hmm. like actors, because we, we get in front of people and we are extremely vulnerable and we just like bear our soul. And then we just take criticism for it. People just say mean things and, and you're like, what are you supposed to do with that? It sucks. And then, and then we're supposed to tell those people that say those mean things, like, thank you for the input. Like, thank you. Like, can I, can you give me more, you know, can you tell me what else is bad, you know? Sure,
0: yeah, but but I mean, you, you know, speaking from personal experience, I've sort of been been on on the, on kind of the both ends of, of the, of the, of the spectrum we're dealing with right now, mm-hmm. in the sense that I also have had a very fruitful kind of life as a, as a pop culture critic, whatever you want to call it, and as a performer type, as somebody who was you know making stuff on on the side so i mean it, it, you just sort of i mean when you, when you find yourself just you know it, you for one get sort of numb as time goes by you know when it comes to negative criticism and stuff sure. and also when you decide to dive because i was a performer first and a critic second um, when you decide to dive into into the the, the business of critique, um, you you sort of look at it differently, because you were you know in 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 act in the actor's shoes, yesterday. Yeah. It, you get what I'm saying. Like it, it's just not you you can't get the the and people were you know telling me this over the years. You can't get you know the necessary distance to. You know do well in, in 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 i mean do well do exceptionally well in in the business of critique i mean, it's just I, mean of... I
1: have nothing i have nothing against critics i don't sure i mean nobody <laughs> you know does I mean, but it, just, I... my point is like they're important you know you need you need critique to, to improve you can't you can't get any better if no one tells you what you need to work on right and what i mean is in the acting profession well and and as much in in any profession if you get critiqued like it sucks and you have to say thank you you know thank you and like I'm going to use this to improve and you know whatever and move on but but in most professions you're not being judged on like your emotions and your in the way you feel you know like it would be like if you were sad and someone came up to you and was like "Mm, I didn't believe how sad you were and like what are you supposed to do (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah I mean when you say it like that it just feels kind of intrusive and it feels very no I mean
1: it isn't but it's but you know if it if actors didn't like it we wouldn't do it
0: sure sure <laughs> no. that's that's the, that's the kind of the, the backbone of the of the genuine conversation but uh, like I mean critics are built and, and are being you know kept alive solely by their names
1: mm-hmm. just because
0: you, you know that if I don't know, a critic that you, you know, a person whose judgment you trust critiques you on something and says, oh, look, you you should, you know, do this differently because of this and this, you're gonna take it kind of differently than when somebody that doesn't present kind of like, not authority, but like, you know, it isn't your go-to guy Says, says something like, "Oh, you, you should have done that differently." I feel, I feel like performer types, especially and actors in this respect as well, react well to voices they are, uh, you know, keen on hearing. Doesn't matter what their intentions are, what their kind of final judgment or verdict or whatever is. But it, it that's because that's why I mean, that's why performing arts and art school in general sort of felt unnatural to me because you know, getting graded on your art isn't kind of, I don't know, it just feels strange in the sense that, mm. you know, everybody has their own takes, everybody has their own pace, everybody has their own kind of way of evolving, and everybody evolves in a different different speed. So, I don't know, you, you went through acting school, and I condemn you for that. That's what I'm... <laughs>
1: just i do think teaching is is teaching art is very difficult and i i really admire the people that have that do that and have done that for me as well you know like i wouldn't be where i was without having gone to school and learning about how to how to craft in the way that i did so i'm very i'm very grateful
0: yeah i feel like having yeah, i just i just feel like you you know the actors that have gone to school at some point are wired differently than ones that didn't and it's just you know depends on the yeah. background i get that i mean it's have you have you ever came in contact with a a person that was like so you know who I guess this is what i'm getting at when was this when did you i i assume you know somebody passed it on yeah you know some talk or you just sort of grew up or grew up around those people but like what was the the moment where you said like wow that's it kind of you know your jaw dropped and you decided wow I'm gonna do acting and this is my kind of higher calling
1: so there wasn't really a person in that way oh, really? I, I always knew I wanted to be a performer so gosh my very first memory like if I my the very first like job I wanted to have I was like convinced I was gonna be a teacher by day my mom was a teacher so Mm -hmm. probably where I got that idea so I was gonna be a teacher by day and I was gonna be a painter by night and I was gonna be a rock star on the weekends and I was like convinced that that was what my life was gonna be I was like so ready and I guess the irony of that is like I one don't like teaching and I too am not a very good artist like I I can I can like draw like little cartoons and things but I'm not like I'm not
0: I mean like I can't that. even do that so it, way I mean, ahead of me
1: <laughs> and and then the last you know rock star like yes would be very fun but like I'm also just not I one don't have the voice for it and two just it's not really my jam <laughs> I, I just think it's so funny like that's where I kind of started and then and then pretty soon after that, I, my, the school I went to, that I went to Montessori Elementary School, and they did, like, school plays every year, or we, and we went out to see plays a lot, so just, I saw a lot of people performing, and we did, we did, like, chorus, um, um, like, singing mm-hmm. shows every year for the parents, so I just had a lot of experience doing stuff on stage, and I loved it, and I knew, like, you know, this is what I want to do. I knew, I mean, I've known since I was like seven that I was going to be an actor and that's that's how I was going to live my life. And, you know, my reasoning for being an actor, I think back then when I was seven was because I was like, I want to be famous. Like, I really wanted to people to know who I was. <laughs> I think is, you know, the reason why a lot of people sort of get into it. But then as I grew up, you know, you know, my reasoning for staying... Really changed. I I remember in high school, you know, a lot of people used to ask me what schools I was applying to. And I was applying to all acting programs and acting schools. And people were like, "Well, what if you, what if you don't want to do that anymore?" And I was like, "I was like, then I guess I don't do anything." You know, that's it's the only thing I can do. And that's, I mean, and I don't mean that in like, I don't mean that in like I'm incapable of doing other things because I I'm actually very good at math and I and I I love math. I love doing that. My mom always wanted me to be a mathematician, you know, but I. I sort of knew in my soul like it was in my bones that I that I was meant to be an actor and and you know now I my driving force is really like representation I growing up just didn't really see anyone that looked like me you know and and that was really hard I I remember growing up I wanted to be blonde and blue-eyed and be a cheerleader and you know there was this idea of like who, who the popular girl was or who who the you know pretty girl was, and I didn't look like that. You know, I I'm, I'm, I'm half Asian and I'm obviously have brown hair and brown eyes, and I, you know, I wasn't like tall and and like super thin like you know my my friends who were blonde and blue haired and looked like the girls on TV, and that was really hard for me. And I and I, you know, it's. I was really sad growing up thinking like that I was never going to be sort of this idea of, of the ideal woman. You know, I was never going to be that. And I, I, I would hate for someone else growing up now to also feel that way when I could be there to represent them. You know what I mean? I could be there so that someone who's seven or eight years old is watching a movie and says, oh, you know, that girl June looks like me, you know, I think that's important.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, but uh, I sort of want to, you know, touch upon two things that I've picked up
1: um, sure.
0: answer. Um, see, now I always had this inkling that I wanted to be, that, that I have writer DNA, as I would like to call it. Um, I, I have this sort of, you know, Exceptional need to to write things down, you know, sure. either by by pen and paper or just getting the fingers across the keyboard. Um, but I I remember my my elementary school teacher. He was you know the the general kind of because the only the only type of writing we did in, in school back in the day was you know through your native first language, and a part of those kind of Croatian classes that we had, we did we had to write like three essays you know across two terms and stuff like that. i can't even remember that was like so long ago but when i was about to leave elementary school he told me because elementary school in croatia lasts for eight years and you go to high school which is for for additional years but when i was i think i was i was i was 14 at the time he, he came up to me and he told me once every he told me you got writer's blood and once every decade you're going to have to at least once every decade you're going to have to reassess with yourself why are you doing this and what are the reasons of just sort of wanting to pursue the written word so i guess what i wanted to ask you is had this sort of like do you check yourself one in on like regular intervals and you know to, to see if your intentions have remained as pure as they once were when you were getting into acting and
1: um I mean like I said when I first got into acting i like well, all I wanted was to be famous so I would I would argue they've gotten a little better
0: <laughs> sure but yeah that, that's what I, that's what I was getting at because it feels your your performance feels very genuine and very honest and very sort of you know it, it just feels like it's you. I mean, I don't know you, but I feel like I do. That's... No,
1: I, I mean, yeah. I am... Um, you know, the reason I act is really is really just for the representation thing. It's really so that someone like me can have someone to look at and say that person... Have a role model, I guess, mm-hmm. in that way. So, so I guess so that young men and women that are half asian or whatever don't have to feel like they can't be an idea of beauty and like can't be an idea of success or can't be you know they can't have these things that i thought i couldn't have because i didn't see it you know yeah i just think that's important and and that's not to that's not to like belittle you know the people that do but that are blonde and blue-eyed like I think they are I like m- a lot of my very best friends and probably because I had such a you know conniption about wanting to be blonde and blue-eyed but like some of my most of my very best friends are blonde with blue eyes and and they're extremely talented and I and I really want them to be successful also so I think it's, it's I just think it's important to have both you know it's important Looks to have, don't
0: take away from a person from you know the, the person's qualities exactly. it's not
1: and-, and I think it's important to to show examples of that you know because a lot of the time you know people of color are portrayed as like just stereotypes you know they're not really portrayed as people and that's part of what I really liked about last party is that June is just a person you know she's just a person that's that's doing her best and there isn't really any like significance to her being asian and she doesn't she's not like from asia she's not like from korea she's from Mm -hmm. the states and she just happens to be korean and that's you know that's what people that's what america's like you know there's so many there's so many people of so many different from so many different backgrounds here and you just don't see that represented enough i feel like
0: yeah all right what i'm about to say might come off as very naive and childish but like what i don't understand is you know having pretty you know left-leaning american friends that don't condone racism and any sort of kind of hate and stereotypes and whatever um we by we i mean croatians we are a predominantly white group of people we don't really we we've never had opportunity to, to you know the opportunity to to, leave, to you know coexist with black people, with Asian people, with you know, all, all we know of are white males and females. There isn't like this the, the trans movement or or not, not movement, but the, the the idea of being trans has you know with as tourism became more more accessible, as migration, migrations became more frequent, we sort of got, you know, in contact with a lot of different people, but we sort of still are very not versatile in, in any sort of sense. And you can sort of kind of attribute, I mean, I'm not trying to, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to defend racism in any way, shape or form whatsoever. But when you're not in contact with black people, there's a very good chance if you're not educated enough, if you're not sort of digging the idea of acceptance and whatever, because you, 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 you know, we're very, we're suffering setbacks from the war in the nineties and stuff like that. So, so it's a very, it's a very long, unfortunate tale, but I guess what I'm aiming at is, sorry for digressing so hard right now but um, how do you explain racism to yourself as a person that is living in, in the States amongst Black people? Like, what's the, what is it behind racism? What, what is it, you know, what, what's the, what's the kind of people are coexisting with Black people white people are coexisting with black people for years in the united states for centuries even and there's you know racism is still present how like i mean i don't know
1: yeah. Just, if and, you get what i'm
0: if you get what i'm saying yeah, I
1: mean. I get, yeah. and that's really hard to explain cuz you know I, I think i think i think there's a, a lot to be said here and and i'm not an expert and obviously I'm, I'm not black as well. So, you know, my opinion is coming from, my opinion is that of someone who is, you know, half white and, and half Asian and does, and I have privilege because of, uh, because of my whiteness, you know, I do. So I guess take what I say with a grain of salt, but, but my understanding is that, you know, people fear that which is different, you know, people, don't like things to be, to be different and don't like change because it it upsets the status quo. And what's why I think so many people are racist here is because, you know, the racist nature of our, of our society makes their life very easy and makes it, you know, it makes it really good. It's, it's, it's just easier if, if people are racist because they, because people that are white here and 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 male, especially and obviously cisgendered and um, straight, mm-hmm. are you know have have privileges that people that aren't those things do not. And and any change in the status quo makes them afraid that they're going to lose those privileges, or they're going to be treated the way that they treat you know minorities and. And that's scary, you know, that's scary for them. And what's really, you know, sad and, and disappointing is that they they can't think beyond like, oh, this is going to be scary for me and think, wow, this must be horrifying for the people that actually have to live this way all the time. You know, they they yeah. are so self-centered that they can't think about their fellow man or think about their neighbor, you know, like I'm not, I'm not Christian. I'm mm-hmm and I'm not particularly religious I'm I I do practice I practice Wicca so I do have some sense of spirituality but like I think it's important to care for you know your other person just as much as you would care for yourself like it's not it's not hard to to not want other people to suffer you know and it's mm-hmm. it's so amazing to me how many people are just willing to turn a blind eye to the the how much horrors happen to the people of this world.
0: Yeah. I mean have you have you heard have you heard of the band Algiers? The the okay so they are
1: obviously I mean a
0: person of color is is the front man of the band but sort of scattered you know they came together in in, in atlanta back in 2012 but they're sort of scattered all the way across the you know some of them are living in england right now most of them are in the states and this and that the uh, the original drummer for for uh, block party is actually drumming for 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 the band but um what they have is, is a very is a very healthy philosophy in a sense that they um, are they are very, they're, they're a very politically charged band. And when people ask them, like, is there a reason for your, for you being politicized? And are you going to, at some point, start singing songs about puppies? Mm. They answered, you know, I mean, what they told, this happened in, in, on, on a, this took place on a, on a French TV station, I think. What, they, what, what the singer Franklin said, he was like, okay, I mean, what we're talking about through and what we're exposing in our lyrics, what, the, what we're dealing with is the human experience, the collective human experience. The human experience consists of puppies and stray dogs and cats and television and pop culture and da, 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 all this other stuff and racism and fascism and you know all these different things that are on the opposing end of the spectrum that sort of make our existence feel bitter and it makes it feel like people don't i mean essentially what this is i i don't i believe that i'm not i mean to to, you know go hand in hand with your point from before i'm not religious myself either but I sort of believe in this idea of coincidence, and I believe in this idea of the universe in a sense that I get these all these different signs that I—I I mean things that I interpret as signs—and I sort of have this. I, I trust my gut feeling more than I trust myself sometimes, my kind of, you know rationale and stuff. And I believe that racism. Is I mean, any sort of negative-ism is sort of a product of people not feeling like they're in the driver's seat in a bad way, in a sense that they can't, you know, racism is a product of you being afraid to Mm -hmm. live life. Fascism is a product of a fascist not being able to realize that we can all get along just fine. You know, I mean, blacklisting people is insane and shaming people is insane. Unless you're a fascist, then you are, you know, on the normal people's blacklist. And I mean, I mean, it just sort of comes to the, to, you know, especially when we're dealing with this global pandemic right now and a lot of those anti-mask, um, flat or type people have surfaced all of a sudden. Mm. Um, when you look at that, it, it, it just sort of stems from fear. There's nothing, there's he, There's nothing but fear that has consumed these people. There's nothing but fear that consumes a jaded white male mm. that thinks racism is a-okay, that thinks you know, you get what I'm aiming at, like, yeah. You, you you there isn't a justifiable excuse for any of those things and it all stems from fear but it's not a matter of fear it's a matter of how you deal with the fear I mean I, I never like I said before I haven't like I, I came in contact with in contact I I, I I'm aware that we are a predominantly white nation that doesn't have you know the 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 experience needed to to realize that black people are suffering right now it's not a matter of George Floyd can't breathe a lot of black people besides Kanye West and I don't know whoever they can't breathe and it's and it's insane like uh, I mean it's a it's a matter of just realizing that even though you can't personally identify with the fight and the struggle, you have to, as a responsible human being and as a responsible citizen that seeks peace and acceptance and this and that, you have to realize that the struggle is not, you know, it's, it's not any less real than what we were going through. For instance, what Croatia was going through back when the wars happened Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Split them, whatever so i mean i mean it's not we're we're like i said we're like 150 years behind you on those things actually when it, when it comes to these things but i feel like you know with us becoming more globalized each and every day we have the opportunity to do things like this when i can bring you up like on the other side from the other side of the world and be like Yo, let's converse, let's have a conversation, let's figure out what we're made of, let's, you know, figure out what makes us tick and this and that. And I feel like making genuine connections with people is the bridge necessary to, to you know, make a better world. And the, the prime medium for that, in my opinion, are conversations, genuine, honest, heartfelt convos that you, you know, if, if you remember when we were when when we were first talking about doing this i, I asked you uh, something about breaking language barriers and cultural mm. barriers and stuff like that yeah. the reason why i asked that is because i mean i genuinely just wanted to know your stance on that but like i don't feel i was just talking about this with a friend of mine this morning breaking these barriers can be beautiful actually you know overcoming any sort of obstacle in communication in conversation can bring people closer together
1: yeah of course it's
0: it's it's fucking like when you think about it everything around you you can find some sort of beauty in that mm-hmm. and all these horrible things that are happening right now is just people not realizing you know the beauty the color of the world we're living in actually it, it's, it, it, the, the reason why I went off so hard on this is because it really pains me at, at, at a certain, it, it pains me that there are people out there, for instance, if, if I can personalize it a little bit, um, there are people out there that are going to take something I had said and that is going to be a, a, a sort of like a pure Misunderstanding that comes from, you know, me coming from a completely different cultural background, me okay. not being, me not being an ill-meaning Ill person and, and, you know, any sort of, I, I don't think that. Um, and they're going to misinterpret it and, and deprive like two people from having a, a genuine convo about the world. I mean, it's just not not to make it too personal, and sorry if I if I if I went off too hard, but okay. um, and it, it's it's very I don't know it's weird and strange and this and that. But I feel like with us being genuinely honest, we can overcome virtually anything as a, as a human and you know just as a race as a as a, as a global kind of organism that is a, is a well-oiled machine. It has yeah. the potential of being well, a well, well-oiled well machine. Fuck. Sorry, I'm completely
1: you're
0: good. <laughs> knocked over my microphone. So, door, huh? God. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I
1: and I think it's great that you're really passionate about it. I, I think it's it's important to to make our opinions heard in that way and to you know el- to make change happen, to elicit change. Yeah. And
0: yeah. you're
1: getting notifications. is not my end.
0: No, no, no. It's mine. Sorry. I got my Discord on for some odd reason and yeah. people are going off. But you know. Do you play? Go on.
1: What do you play on
0: Discord? Um I um, I I got into League of Legends again. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, I, wasn't, I, mean, I wasn't. I
1: never really got into League of Legends. I have played. I wasn't into it. I once dated this guy that was really into Dota. Oh,
0: um,
1: really? Of adjacent. <laughs> yeah, I played a lot growing up. I played a lot of like Halo and Call of Duty and Animal Crossing back when it was on the Wii. Now I have it on my. I have it on my Switch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God! How cool is so, that?
1: This is my friend's art. I'm gonna do a shameless plug for, for him.
0: <laughs> oh cool is
1: that. Um, this, it's Mr. Beastiary at Mr. Beastiary. He does really great little cartoons and things.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 am a mo bug kind of not I really like the the again, I like the multi multiplayer aspect of gaming. That's mm. you know, I I really dig it. Yeah, it is.
1: I mean, I play with my friends on Animal Crossing. I have, I connect it to the internet, you know, so I, my friends come to my island and we play. <laughs> oh. We exchange gifts and we go fishing and stuff. It's just so uh-huh. relaxing. It's so nice to just like pretend I'm on a an little island and have no worries in the world.
0: Sure. I mean, the social aspect of gaming kind of makes up for the fact that we can't meet up in person as we.
1: Yeah, that is hard. Yeah. It is hard yeah. not being able to meet in person. And, and, and you're right like the, the whole like anti max mask movement is just making this whole thing such an uphill battle like it just it does not need to be as hard as, as it is
0: yeah oh. yeah. <laughs> like, the exactly. other day I remember I remember seeing this because I was just going uh, I, you know I was somewhere and I had to get home and as I was crossing the street I saw that someone I don't know who the fuck it was um, put up flyers on people's cars that are you know, explicitly calling people to gather on this anti-mask kind of protest that we were having um, over here. And it just sort of made me like, all right, I can kind of protect myself from the st- sheer stupidity that is the anti-mask movement on facebook for instance because i can you know just block you or unfriend you or whatever um but when you start when that's when that transgresses into the real world
1: yeah
0: it, it, it's a whole different it's a whole different ball game and it made me really i got a little bit teary-eyed because of that every everyone around me was like oh why are you making such a big deal of i mean whatever but it, it, I don't know, it just makes me feel like we're eh, lo- losing the, the edge over over stupidity when, when you see things. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: it's very frustrating.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it it comes with the cultural, global kind of cultural moment, moment we're dealing with. A friend of mine who's from Seattle originally, but he's living um, in Slovenia for the past, i don't know two decades um he told me that he was three or four years ago he was in in west africa doing something and um they had a brief like the region that he was in they had a brief uh, ebola scare for a minute there and um uh, over the course of yeah over the course of like 48 hours the entire country went into lockdown you could you know get masks there were hand sanitizers everywhere there wasn't any sort of kind of like global conversation about it there wasn't you know nobody differentiated their opinions as publicly as we did now but people just went along with it and they trusted science and they kind of almost you know rooted it out completely i mean it is what it is i just
1: feel like uh, I just, you got like a
0: pot shredder over there. What, what's that? <laughs>
1: oh no. It, it's um, chapstick. Or
0: oh, lip, cool. Lip oh,
1: sure. I'm it's just like I'm, I'm just playing grinder. with the lid, and unscrewing it, and re-screwing it, and also the bottom has like this, like in like has like the ingredients under here, so I keep like unpeeling and repeeling this. <laughs> I like am so fidgety. I. Uh, I
0: Remember fidget spinners.
1: Oh, I do. I never was into them, but I do sort of like the idea of like the fidget cube. Have you seen those? Those are pretty fun. I just don't, I, I just need, I just like actually having, usually I have, oh, they're in my, my other room. Um, Mm -hmm. I usually wear a bunch of rings and then I take the rings off and I play with them, but they make a lot more noise. I also have like a shaker (laughs) here and like, I used to have a toy in my desk. Um, Find it Give me a second mm-hmm. I have like this you know it's like a puzzle box thing so like I guess the goal is to get all of the beads from one of these little triangles into the other triangle. I have this which is essentially like a, a Rubik's Cube right so you like slide these guys around and try to get all the and you twist them to try to get it all to you know be in the same row or whatever.
0: Yeah the Rubik's Cube 2.0. I mean,
1: yeah
0: or it looks it's, like it.
1: Yeah. Rubik's Cube it's similar.
0: Yeah it's just way older the, you, know, you millennials and your well, whatever these are
1: what was <laughs> yeah. cool yeah.
0: this? Really, um. But yeah, to, to sort of round off the the the, the incredible, like I, I had a great time today. Ah, thank you. Thank you, thank you for you know sticking till the end to, for this. Um, I love this really. I can't,
1: I can't have this here because I will fidget. That's the problem. Uh, at least with this, I can pay. I can pay attention at the same time. Like ADHD or something.
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean, no harm in that. I also
1: love the time. Thank you for having me.
0: No, thank you for coming on. I mean, um, I hope that someday when I decide to actually make the move to the US, we can, you know, do something yeah, know. In person when this whole thing dies down. Um, but yeah, thank you for breaking cultural and language barriers for the past hour or so you're really
1: it would have been more difficult if you weren't speaking English because I am
0: sure yeah I know but I mean I'm (laughs) I'm studying English so uh, Uh, you gotta you know I mean we're I mean it it would be weird if I hadn't had the skills that I do but still wherever you know the, the cultural aspect of it is way it's what worries me when I start talking to people but you know Hopefully, I wasn't too. No,
1: we're not so different.
0: Yeah. One
1: don't... of my actually very best friends is Croatian. Really? Yeah. She was. I mean, she's born in the states, but her, her, uh, her dad moved here from Croatia.
0: Oh yeah. That's. I mean, a lot of people. Chris Novoselic from from Nirvana, for instance, his his father was uh, was Croatian, and uh, I actually think I'm, I don't take my word for it, but and this is a major kind of my family tree spoiler by the way my grandmother taught in the in the in the in the gymnasium that he was attending as a as a wow 15 16 year old or something like that that's cool they never had classes together he just you know she wasn't his teacher but right world know, up. bumping into hallways and stuff um but yeah i mean you, you you really it's it's good to have like-minded people join you in the fight that's i mean you're you're really cool for doing this oh
1: thank you well thank you for having me really pleasure to meet you
0: same and uh, i guess you know this is going to you know go up i think later today when i when i get to it but um i'll you know disclose the the thing on 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 my socials and this and that (laughs) awesome um, yeah i had a lovely time actually and you know keep doing keep doing more movies keep doing more theater keep doing you That's i'll
1: do my best
0: i'm getting it yeah take care and we'll hear from each other soon enough
1: very yeah. well bye bye